Good morning and welcome to another edition of the Mets <laughs> Podcast. I'm your host, Ty Wilkes, along with co-host Mike Bretznak. That's Uncle Mike. Uh, here in this episode, you can find us talking about the latest Mets series against the Cubs. We got swept. Uh, didn't look good, but a lot of reasons for optimism. Long season. We go into that. The Mets starting pitching still looks good. We even got a good performance out of the bullpen. Sean Reed Foley looked great. So we break that down a little bit. It seems like our offense could be on the cusp of breaking out. You see Pete hitting some home runs. J.D. Davis putting in some good swings. Francisco Lindor, his first homer. Conforto was inches away from his first one, too. I think we're poised this weekend against the Nationals uh, to get a sweep and really get this offense underway. We got DeGrom on the hill tonight. Make sure you tune in. Make sure you follow us on Twitter. We'll be live tweeting about the game. That's at MetsManiacsPod. You can follow us on Instagram, MetsManiacs underscore. You can find us on MetsmerizedOnline.com. Check it out. Great website. Also, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Uh, really makes a difference. Helps people find the show. Uh, and it would make me and Mike very happy. And one last thing before I lead you guys into the ad message. Just want to thank everybody for listening so far to this point. Uh, you guys, uh, we're very appreciative of the listens that we get. Uh, and it helps us keep rolling along here, especially when we have bad losses like we did in this series against the Cubs. So thank you guys so much. Couldn't do it without you. Hope you guys have a great weekend. See you in a bit. A frother for my coffee. Mm-hmm. You just press down a button and it mixes up the milk. It's electric. And so you get a little froth on it. Oh, dude, great. You want to mix Dude, in a little cream, MCT oil? Forget about it. We have the same thing. The only thing you have to uh, make sure is you really clean that little, uh, the little like uh, the coil or whatever. On yeah, the, end. the coil because if you don't, it'll rust, and then all mm. of a sudden, like it will stop working or like it'll start to break off in your coffee and shit like that. Uh, I don't want the rust. No, you don't coffee. want the rust. I'm and all for a strong cup of joe, but yeah. right. <laughs> all right. Well, let's get underway here. So um, we're just gonna cover. Uh, the Mets series against the Cubs, which, as you guys know, uh, we got swept in Chicago. Um, we haven't been on for a little bit, too. So we also going into this series, too, I, I guess I'll mention we won two out of three against Colorado, of course, with the first game postponed. We thought that the first game against the Cubs might get uh, postponed as well due to snow. It was definitely cold in Chicago the last couple of days. Uh, it didn't. So uh, good to get three consecutive games in for the Mets, which has just kind of eluded us this season. But, you know, as I said, picked up uh, three straight losses. Um, again, th- the same kind of theme so far, what's been haunting us so far is just not able to get uh, good swings in. The offense has still been uh, stuttering a bit. The first game we played, we squared up against Arietta. We had Taiwan Walker on the hill who went three and two thirds, led up two earned runs, struck out seven. Um, you know, Mike, I think the big one here was that he walked six guys. Uh, anything that you saw differently or that would still that would be cause for concern for Taiwan Walker? Or do you think he can bounce back at his next start uh, this weekend against the Nats? Uh, I think he definitely can bounce back on that Sunday start. But I think that's kind of been the issue a little bit with Taiwan Walker this year is that he's not getting hit that hard, uh, but he's walking a lot of people. In the last two starts, uh, especially that Phillies game, where he pitched game one of the doubleheader. He walked a lot of batters to end that. I don't know if you remember. I think he walked like almost the last three batters he faced. Uh, so I think as the game goes on, he gets a little bit more tired and he loses control a little bit. Uh, yeah. But there's no reason to believe for me that he can't go against the Nationals depleted lineup without Juan Soto. Uh, 
and pitch well, uh, pitch to contact. There's not a ton of hitters you need to be very worried about. I just, I'd say probably Trey Turner, Josh Bell, and probably Kyle Schwarber. But other than that, I'm not like shaking in my boots about anybody else. Uh, so as long as he can pitch to contact, as long as the Mets kind of monitor his pitch count, uh, not put him out for like a sixth inning at like 80, 85 pitches. Uh, but yeah, I think that's, I think that's his biggest downfall is that he starts to lose control. Maybe the umpire starts squeezing him a little bit. I know that's what happened in that Phillies game. He wasn't getting the calls that he was getting the first and second innings. Uh, but yeah, for me, I, I don't think that there's a ton of reason for concern. It was a freezing cold day out. You can't kind of, you can, I think you could chalk that start up to a inopportune timing and unfortunate, uh, weather. Yeah, no, I agree. I think, um, he does get squeezed when he goes out there. I think that happens often. Uh, and also, too, when you say he loses control, and again, you know, pitchers get frustrated, <laughs> excuse me, and rightly so, but uh, I feel like when he loses control physically, also mentally, he kind of loses control. He shows his emotion kind of there on the mound. So uh, perhaps maybe that's playing in a bit, too, where he gets a little frustrated and then it kind of just spirals uh, further out of control. So um, Yeah, he got a, he got ejected that game as he was yeah. walking off the mound. So. <laughs> Yeah, and I, I've even seen him against you know the Phillies and prior starts too when he hasn't you know gotten a, a couple calls or whatnot. He'll be more uh, like physically expressive of, of his anger, and I'm not sure if that if that helps at least for him. Maybe other players that can kind of lock them more into the zone and they can double down. But it seems like so far uh, it just makes him uh, a little less fluid uh, in, in his fundamentals, and he just he can't hit his targets. So that'll be interesting to monitor. Um, Nothing really else I want to comment on this game. Um, J.D. Davis uh, did hit a home run, which is great. He's actually looked good at the plate. Uh, again, you know, one of the, the few bright spots offensively, but since he's come back uh, from the DL, he's really put on some good swings. He's been hitting for more power, which is something the Mets have struggled to do really outside right now, J.D. Davis uh, and, and Alonzo and Dom Smith. Yeah, yeah. Uh... He has come back hitting well, but he's also come back playing some of the worst third base defense you could ever you could ever see. Uh, three errors in the first two games of that Cubs series didn't even play game three, but uh, yet uh, it's so tough because like he obviously can't keep up this production. I think he's batting like four eighteen with like a forty seven percent like exit below over like ninety eight or some ridiculous stat uh, since he's come back from the DL. So that's obviously not sustainable offensive wise. And his defense has been absolute. It's actually been backbreaking. He's attributed. It's attributed to uh, giving up runs, uh, especially last, especially game one, where he makes that low throw to Pete Alonzo. Alonzo can't scoop it and the run scores from third uh, with two outs would have been the inning. So it's just like simple plays that got to be made too. He's just double clutching and stuff. Uh, so I'd like to him to figure it out more a little bit defensively. And then you watch Guillaume last night, who makes that the first play of the game, makes an absolute gem yeah. diving, diving into the hole to his left from his knees, throwing out the runner. So it's so hit or miss. It's frustrating that we don't have a that we don't have a third baseman who's consistent offensive and defensively. Right. And and that was gonna kind of be my question for you and kind of just jumping around games here. But you even saw in game two against the Cubs. I mean, we got schwacked. We lost 16 to 4. Uh, we just got our asses kicked, but JD Davis, uh, he there was a Taylor made double play, uh, and, and he messed up the throw, uh, and things just really unraveled for us. I believe that was in the fourth. Um, but you know, would you rather put in Guillaume and have him be the starting third baseman with JD coming off the bench, a platoon situation? Uh, how do you think Rojas should manage third base right now? 
the way I see it is if we do that, JD Davis isn't going to get the consistent swings he needs to be to be productive. Uh, so that would kind of diminish his bat, which is kind of what he's good for. Uh, it would help the third base defense a little bit. I think the biggest problem right now is that JD Davis gets a little bit in his head when it comes to defense. And when he makes one error, it starts to snowball into many. And that's why you see the three errors in two games when he's been pretty decent defensively prior to the series. Uh, so I think, I think kind of what you have to do is you got to start JD Davis. Uh, maybe you defensively place him like you do for Dom Smith. Uh, Dom Smith, almost every game that we're winning and we need to close out gets defensively replaced in like the seventh or eighth inning uh, for Albert Omar Jr. I think you have to do something similar to J.D. Davis, where after he bats for what would be perceivably the last time, you put Luis Guillorme in. And even if his spot does come up in the lineup again, it's not like Guillorme is a tremendous downgrade. Uh, he's, a big con- he's a good contact hitter. He hit really well last year in limited plate appearances. Uh, but, yeah, I think it's gotten to that point where if there's a big play in the eighth or ninth inning at third base and J.D. Davis is out there, I'm, I'm not confident in his ability to make that play. No, right. I think that's uh, I think that's a good point. The only counterpoint I'd offer too to JD Davis, I think, uh, you know, coming off the bench, I think <clears throat> we've seen him come off the DL here at least, um, like Calder against live starting pitching, and and he's come off pretty hot. So you know, maybe he can be a guy who can come off the bench. But I still, right now, lean on the side just from him being a right-handed power bat and the offense struggling. Uh, I'd, I'd still rather have him in there over Guillaume, but. Um, Guillaume, I have to say, has been playing well, man. I mean, he's hitting 353. His OBP is 500 right now. And he's only had like 17 at bats. But also, I'll add that he's only struck out one time, which is definitely unique. And he's an outlier on the team and in and in the majors in this day and age, right? So it would be interesting to see if Guillaume got more playing time, maybe how he could continue to develop as a hitter. Um, but I think, yeah, maybe that's something we can experiment with. And Guillaume, too, I think his play discipline is great. So him coming off the bench later in a game, um, especially in a situation where it's a tight game, which is where he'd probably come in to begin with, um, you know, getting one run is huge. So maybe having him up in a situation, take yesterday's game where he had bases loaded, one out. Um, and he was on base for that, too. I think he might have drawn a leadoff walker somewhere. He got on base uh, and we ended up striking out then grounding out into a double play. You know, perhaps in that situation, he could get the sacrifice for another player. Uh, uh, might strike out. So I, I think we do have some flexibility there. Again, like we could solve the problem by getting somebody who could field and hit. That'd be great. I know um, perhaps that's something we can pursue at the trade deadline, getting another guy in. I know we even talked about the guy we faced last night in, in Chris Bryan on the Cubs uh, in the preseason. There was some talk and maybe we would acquire him. So uh, I think there's options down the road and we can see maybe play both of these guys. And if anyone starts to take off or Davis improves defensively or Guillaume more offensively, you know, maybe that is a path we want to go in the long term. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Guillaume has been grinding at bats this season, which is nice. Uh, it's very, very Brandon Nimmo-esque, like where even if it counts 0-2, you're expecting multiple, multiple pitches to be thrown after that. Uh, likely yesterday, I think the count was 1-2 and fouled off a couple of pitches and actually like you said, drew, drew that uh, hard-fought walkout. Uh, I think something that was pretty good this series, uh, minus game two, I, I think game two is one of those outlier games where it's like nobody really had it uh, offensively, defensively, and pitching. 
Uh, and we just got absolutely shelled. I mean, some of the names were thrown out, like Luis Guillorme. When Luis Guillorme didn't look too sharp in the mound. No, he didn't. Uh, he probably needs another bullpen session this week if he wants to. Uh, if he wants to see it again. But uh, yeah, I think you could throw that game out. There's rarely going to be games where the Mets just get absolutely. They get absolutely smoked five innings into the game and have to put in some pretty poor relievers. Like Tre- Trevor Holdenberger goes in and gets sent down to AAA the next day, gives up a grand slam. Uh, but I think if you look at games one and three of that series, the bullpen pitched incredibly well, having to go a lot of innings. Uh, game one, I think uh, Talon Walker went like four and a third, and game three, Lucchese, I think, only went three innings last night. Uh, so the bullpen yesterday had to pitch, what, almost seven innings. Uh, if they would have completed the 10th, it would have been seven. Uh, gave one run, and it was the run that started the leadoff guy in second base. I was really impressed with the way the bullpen pitched last night. Sean Reed Foley, who we got in that Steven mm-hmm. match trade, pitched three perfect innings yesterday, which was really, really nice to see. I don't know if I don't know if you got a chance to see his uh the way he throws a baseball or his uh I guess lead up to it where he's looks like he's squatting down to a, to take a shit uh while he's receiving the sign, then he quickly gets into uh gets into it uh his set position before he throws the baseball it's pretty funny him like in uh, craig kimbrell that's what he was kind of reminding me of just like squatting down to get low yeah. you know on, on the same the plane not yeah the, the arm up uh and then you and then we go to uh trevor may miguel castro gets a big out and then aaron loop is really impressive gives up a leadoff triple to uh, jake marisnik in the eighth inning i believe bottom of the eighth uh and then strikes out the next two batters and gets a gets a third out without giving up the run uh kind of preserving that three three tie at the time then edwin diaz looked really good in the top in the bottom of the ninth uh looked really solid his velocity's up from last year throwing like 100 101 pretty consistently uh which is really nice to see bottom of the tenth it's just so hard especially when the mets have the bases loaded in the top of the tenth one out you don't score the run and all of a sudden there's a runner on second, no outs and bottom of the 10th. And you have to kind of pitch your second inning, uh, which it's the first time Diaz was tasked to do that this year, go two innings. So you can't really put the blame on him, but and I can't really put the blame on Luis Rojas either. Who, who are you going to pitch in that situation? You've already used Foley. You've used May. You've used Loop. You've used Castro. Who are you going to use? Like Yuri's Familia? Like there's really no better options. So uh, it was just a – it was a tough way. We all knew after that tenth, after the top of the tenth ended, that that game was pretty much over anyway. Uh, but right. tough series. I think the Mets did battle pretty well in games one and three. Uh, game two, like I said, is an outlier. Uh, but we're seven and seven now, and the season is far from over. There's definitely some bright spots we saw. We saw Pete with two home runs the last two games. Mm-hmm. Frankie Lindor hit a uh, home run in game two. So it's a uh, Definitely some bright spots from the series. It's nice when you can take some bright spots after getting swept. But uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited for this upcoming series against the Nationals. I think there's a lot of potential there. Right. I think you touched on a lot of good things too. And what I liked for yesterday's game, the bullpen. Um, you know, I, I love what I saw out of Reed Foley. May came on. Uh, you know, let up one hit, struck out a guy, uh, scoreless. Uh, loop after he gave up that lead up triple to Marisnik, struck out uh, uh, someone else. He got an easy out for one batter. And then Miguel Castro came on with two outs and he sealed the deal with the strikeout. So it was good to see them join together to strand a runner on third um, with, you know, nobody out, which seems like uh, the Mets tend to do a lot. But uh, anyways, I think like, you know, relief pitchers are going to give up runs. This is the MLB. These hitters are professional hitters. They're good. But I think like by and large starting pitching uh, and, and relief pitching, like, yeah, we had that blow up game in game two where we gave up 16 runs. That's going to happen from time to time. But like, you got to be really impressed 
with how our pitching has been going so far. Again, um, the starting pitching has been stronger than the bullpen, but looking at guys like Reed Foley, May, Loop, uh, Castro, uh, Diaz has looked great too. Uh, you got uh, Lugo coming back. So I think there's a lot of reason. Even Familia has shown spots that he can be, um, you know, he, he can be an asset at least to the club. I think once our offense starts hitting, we'll really be in a, a position to win. And I think that will happen. Mike, I don't think I was looking at the schedule. I don't, I think we only scored more than five runs once. And that was one of the first games we, I think the second game in the season against the Phillies, we put up eight. And I don't think we've scored more than eight runs. And this is a team I think we were talking about in the offseason that we're capable of, you know, going out there and putting up, you know, five, six runs every game that the offense is that good. So, um, you know, I think that'll, I think that'll happen. Um, Pete's heating up. He's hitting some homers, like you said. Also, in yesterday's game, uh, we saw McCann with another great throw down to second. Uh, I forget who was running, but their foot came off the bag, and I think McNeil left the tag on for a while, uh, which which allowed uh, the Mets to get the out called. So, again, I think it's we look good up the middle. I think Pete, too, he also made a good defensive play. Uh, he had an issue at one point, like stretching with his uh, foot not on the base, but I think he's looked better at first. So, you know, I, I think defensively, too, even with J.D. Davis struggling, there's uh, strengths that we can note. So, yeah, uh, you know, we have good pitching. I think we just need to start getting some good at-bats together. And I think uh, this is a good a series as any, you know, a home series against the Nationals. We got to ground on the hill where our offense could pop. Yeah, uh, I think. I, I do recall talking about how this was an offense that was going to average five to six runs a game. Uh, and I think it will. I think it's been really tough to kind of get a groove in this inconsistent beginning of the season. Uh, I mean, if you look at the Mets stats, we have one hitter hitting over 250, and it's Brandon Nemo. Uh, and I think that is going to change. Conforto's hitting under 200. McNeil's hitting 160. Uh, our second best hitter right now is actually our best hitter per average right now is uh, Jacob DeGrom, who's hitting 571. But, uh, yeah, I think uh, this offense will start to click. Uh, we've had a rough couple of just inconsistent playing, uh, whether it's been rainouts, whether it was COVID. We've played in some really horrible weather in Colorado. We played in the snow. In Chicago, we played in like 30-degree weather. Uh, so I think once the weather starts to warm up, once the Mets start playing on a more regularly scheduled basis, I think the offense will start to kind of find itself and click. Uh, I'm not extremely worried about that. The hustle is there. Uh, it's not like these guys aren't running out pop-ups. Not like Javi Baez. Javi Baez, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, he should have been out right there because Pete's arm hit him on the helmet. But mm-hmm. and, and that's one thing I like. Like I can't stand when a player who makes it to that level, right? Uh, and yeah, he's struggling, right? You can be frustrated, but you know, at least do the due diligence, run it out. Because uh, I mean, yeah, he almost got tagged out there, and then it seemed like he wasn't really aware when he was on first taking the lead. And McCann almost picked him off from behind. Um, so it's good to see that we're still in the game. So that's you know, there's a lot of things we can note that, you know, you think this team will bounce back. It's a good team. Uh, I have confidence and faith in the team. Um, also, too, with Conforto, uh, he was inches away from his first home run this game. And even better, I think, is that he hit it to left center fields, uh, a little more center, but still he was uh, taking the ball up the middle and just inches away, uh, he, he was able to get a double. But to see him drive the ball with authority towards the left side of the field is always a great sign, uh, you know, for his comeback offensively. Yeah. Uh, and we've seen the, the nice part about kind of this team, like you said, uh, keeping their heads in the game, staying in the game, is we've seen it 
uh, the already improvements defensively with uh, James McCann. Just last year, the Mets threw six games, threw out eight runners. McCann's already thrown out four this year through 14 games. So Maybe. great to see him snap, you know, or, or make a throw to first, even to get yeah. Baez. Like, I feel like Ramos never did that because he wasn't quick enough. But McCann is like, he's more calling a game. Like, he kind of, he's more of a leader behind the plate, you know. Yeah. Uh, Francisco Lindor is, whenever they pretty much pan to him in the field or in the dugout, he's talking to somebody, uh, making sure everybody knows like what the situation is, what's going on. So it's really cool to see. Uh, and the production will come. It's a, uh, it's, it's 14, we're 14 games in. We're not even a 10th of the way the year in yet for the Mets. We have plenty, plenty of games. So yeah. Uh, tough. It was a tough series. There's no denying that, but uh, we have some positives to draw from it. And we got to get ready, go against some, got to go against the nationals and we got what Joe Ross, Eric Fetty and Patrick Corbin, who none of them have pitched in a uh, incredible capacity this year. So we have to, uh, we have to dominate that series and get back on track. Yeah. And we got our two best starting pitchers to boot too, both of which has an ERA under one DeGrom is starting tonight with an ERA of 0.45. And then Stroman's on the Hill tomorrow against Ross. Stroman has a 0.90 ERA. Stroman's three and zero in the season. He's got three wins. He's a candidate to lead the Mets in wins too. As we know, like we have it uh, difficulty scoring for DeGrom. But then also to Stroman's credit, right now he's pitching like a 1A, not a 1B. So uh, I think he can continue to keep that up. And yeah, hopefully we can get this sweep from the Nationals and start to uh, stack up wins like we know this team is capable of doing. Yeah. I mean, even Stroman, we haven't scored a ton for it. Even that, that Rockies game, he wins 2-1, he goes eight innings. So, <laughs> the pitchers know that like uh, anything more than like two runs they're, they're not necessarily in line for the W so they got to pitch best as they can yeah I mean that's what I was telling you too his uh, whip is .65 uh, this is Marcus Stroman here he's tied for fourth in the majors at seventh is Jake DeGrom with a .70 whip so um, you know it, incredible to have these two guys really at the top of the line for MLB starting pitchers uh, and then yeah only good things to come right because we have Carrasco that's another thing too we have Carrasco and Syndergaard coming back. So, you know, even seeing these guys come up or people who have looked good pitching. And of course, you know, Peterson has kind of been, um, I still think he like looks good, but there's an option for the Mets for Lucchese or Peterson. Once we get these other starters back to put them in the bullpen, I think, you know, maybe if they have to go a couple innings, they can be, you know, more so dominant than if they have to face a lineup, you know, a second time or a third time around. I think we can like utilize that to our strengths. And both Peterson Lucchese are lefties. They can help loop out, uh, you know. So I think we have a lot of options, a lot of depth, especially for games. If we have to pull a starter early, uh, we can get a longer reliever in there from an ex-starter to help us out. So, um, yeah, it's just a lot of, lot of room for uh, flexibility. Yeah, lot, a lot of uh, reason to be excited, too. Yeah, I'm excited. Um, I was really hoping, because me and Mike are here in D.C., I see they're playing the Nats, obviously, at home, which is great at City. But I really want to go out there and, you know, see the Mets play the Nationals. I think we'll have to get them uh, sometime in mid-June. But uh, I, I want to see this team in person, see DeGrom on the Hill. But I'm excited to start stacking up some wins uh, and and see this offense really fire on all cylinders, especially uh, to start scoring early on. I think last year and maybe even in 2019, we were one of the best offenses in the first inning. It seemed like we were always putting up runs in the first, and that's kind of flopped so far this year. It seems like um, we we had a drought. We didn't score in the first for, I want to say, maybe a week into the season. Um, so I'm hoping we can kind of get that first inning magic back. And with a guy like Nimmo leading off, we can get on base half the time he's up. 
I think it's just a matter of time. I agree. I agree. All right. Well, I think that's all I want to cover uh, for this episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. As always, you can follow us on Twitter at Mets Maniacs Pod. Uh, you can check us out on MetsmerizedOnline.com. Uh, you can also follow us on Instagram, Mets Maniacs underscore. I'll have some content on there. So, yep. Thank you guys for listening and hope you have a great weekend. Mike, I'll see you later. <laughs>